show with Trevor Thomas. Welcome to The Alternative Show. I'm Trevor Thomas, and you're tuned to KSKQ.org 94.9 FM. Thank you for listening to my show. If you're new, this is a variety show that includes music, old-time radio shows, thought-provoking conversations, metaphysical discourses, skits, news, and more. Coming up this hour, we'll be playing music from Jason Mraz, The Beatles, Fru-Fru, or Frau-Frau, depending on what mood you're in, um, let's see, Quindon Tarver, and a few others. We'll also do uh, some new answering machine messages, which I'm hoping you'll like. We'll do some more on the uh, Shadow serial. And in a few minutes, we'll be talking with Jason Engel about our topic, Do What You Love or Love What You Do, and why that is an incorrect title. Uh, but before we do that, um, to get you in the mood for that, well, before we do that, we're going to play a song. Uh, Live High by Jason Raz. And to get you in the mood for that, I'm going to do a uh, quote. Here's something to ponder while we play Live High by Jason Raz. If you dare to soar, yet fear failure, know this. The only real failure is not to act. I try to picture the girl through a looking glass and see her as a carbon atom see her eyes and stare back at them see that girl as her own new world though her home is on the surface she is still a universe glory god oh god is peeking through the blinds are we all here standing naked taking guesses at the actual date and time oh my justifying reasons why is an absolutely insane resolution to live by live high live mighty live righteously Try to picture the man To always have an open hand And see him as a given tree See him as matter A matter of fact he's not a beast Oh no, not the devil either Always a good deed-doer And it's laughter that we're making after all The call of the wild is still in order nationwide In the order Primates, all our politics are too late. Oh my, the congregation in my mind is this assembly singing of gratitude, practicing their loving for you. Live high, live mighty, live righteously. Celebrate 
unspeakable reality You see, nothing is ever as it seems Yeah, this life is but a dream If you want to voice your opinion on or off the air about the topic in some way, please wait until I'm playing a song so I can answer the phone. And then call the studio here at 541-482-3999. Now, today's topic is loving what you do versus doing what you love. And I have a special guest here in the uh, radio station, and he's special because this is the first time he's been on the radio uh, with me, I believe. Anybody, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, this is Jason, and amazingly, his microphone is working, so that's awesome. Ah, nice. Always helps me doing a radio show. <laughs> so, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about why this topic, name, loving what you do versus doing what you love, is incorrect? Well, I mean, there's loving what you do, and then if you're doing what you love, but if you learn to love what you're doing, isn't that just doing what you love in the end? just kind of that title didn't make exact sense to me that's an incredibly good point and i wish you had told me that about a week ago before i wrote all this down i think i told you about it the day after you wrote it down you know i wish you had not said that just now (laughs) that (laughs) would have been awesome but uh yeah um anyway so the topic today doing what you love versus loving what you do basically is uh, the difference between people that go out there and find a job that, you know, they need at the time and just start working at it and starting to find the little things about that job that really work for them, that make it a job that they're really comfortable with versus people that go out there and say, this is what I want to do with my life and I'm going to make that work for me no matter what and go out and find that job or build it or create it. Usually difference being people that own their own business versus people that work for others. That doesn't necessarily mean that you don't love your life in any way. It just means that the difference between making your, what you do, your passion versus, you know, your passion is your hobbies or, you know, maybe the people that you hang out with at the office or things like that. Um, 
Yeah, do you have anything you want to add to that? No, man. Seems like a good explanation. So, I thought we'd start out by just kind of talking a little bit about our histories, who we are, and, and how we came to be where we are. And uh, um, I'm a, a web designer, and I've been building my business for the last something like 10 years. And I actually started out in high school knowing that I wanted to get into design of some kind. Uh, I liked comic books. I liked uh, writing, well, <clears throat> drawing, um, anything to do with being really creative. And I felt that the best expression for me is to do something artistic with my life. And then I came across the Art Institute of Phoenix, which, um, well, it's the Art Institute. It's all over the United States. But that kind of got me into the idea of uh, doing web design and doing video and doing multimedia and doing all these different ways of helping people get their own stuff out there. And that's really what, what makes it work for me is... I'm a, a designer, so I get to work on a number of different types of projects, but I like to pick the ones that help people get something that they're really passionate out there about. Um, so, so to me, it's, it's, like a, uh, it, it's like two things. One, it's a way to be really creative, and another, it's kind of a way to kind of change the world uh, indirectly, sort of. And that's where I am with myself and my business right now. I've been building a sole proprietorship, my web design multimedia business, I've been growing it slowly and just really going after that dream of building that company and being that type of person for, for the world and for the people out there that are trying to get their stuff out there. Um, yeah. well, what made you want to do it on your own as opposed to just working for another company? Well, the hardest thing for me is, is selling something that I don't 100% believe in. So... I've tried to work with other people and, and their businesses and, and who they are and what they're about, and there's always some aspect of it that just doesn't quite vibe with me. So I thought, you know, I'm, I'm a fairly outgoing type person. I'm creative. I believe in myself. Wouldn't it just be easier for me to build my own company that I 100% believe in that I could then sell, that I could then put myself out there? and say, you know, this is who I am, this is what I do, and this is why I think it's awesome, because it's something I built, and it's something that is a part of who I am. And uh, and that's why I did it myself as opposed to working for somebody else. It's just easier for me to sell that than, than somebody else's thing. Hmm. You think that was a smarter move of the two? Well, I think that really depends. Um, it's a lot easier to work for somebody else. You don't yeah. necessarily have to think as much. You don't have to put yourself out there. There's a lot less responsibilities usually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, other than maybe your own personal, like if you have a family, if you have kids or something like that. But putting your own stuff out there is, uh, it, it's also a lot more grueling. I mean, every day it's like, okay, I got to make this many clients this month or this week or, or whatever in order to pay my bills. Or I got to put myself out here or it's, you know, it's falling behind. So I've got to take that initiative yeah, kind of a lot, lot less responsibility, a lot more reliability. Right. Yeah, and um, and you got to have that um, that personal motivation in order to keep putting yourself out there. And uh, and every business changes, so it's not like you can build a business and say, okay, this is it, I'm done. Unless maybe it's like the slinky or the paperclip or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. But um, but businesses change, markets change, people evolve. There's there's all kinds of new technologies out there. So you got to be almost every aspect of a company for yourself. You got to be the salesperson, the marketing person, the the people that build the products. I mean, eventually you can get people to do all those things. But to start out, you got to be all those elements. 
Yeah. So in a lot of ways, it's very difficult and has been very difficult. Yeah. But I also feel like I've grown a lot from going this direction. I've learned a lot about stuff that I can apply in other areas of my life. I can help other people with the stuff that I've learned. And, and in the end, it feels really rewarding to go that direction, yeah. you know, for me at least. If you can go back and talk to the 17-year-old version of you, would you still tell him to do the same thing? Yes. <laughs> maybe just do the same thing, just approach it a bit differently? I would say that um, don't think about it quite as much. Throw yourself out there a lot more. Yeah. You know, because uh, for, I know that my own personal failing in that area is that I, I like to figure things out before I do them. And just in realizing, in, in building this whole thing, it's like you got to have the experience. You've got to put yourself out there and have those successes and failures. You can't just... Uh, I guess I don't know. Put yourself out there and then give up, or 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 try to avoid all the work that comes with it. But you can go through it a lot faster if you just throw yourself into it. Put yourself out there. Yeah. And also, I mean, part of the thing is the things that I've tried to avoid um, building my own business uh, is is the same things that I now have to learn in order to make this business successful. You know, the whole nine to five thing, the whole getting up in the morning and going to work. Everybody else has to do that, but I'm like, nope, I'm going to build my own business, get up at noon, and uh, work for like four hours, and then go back to sleep, watch a movie, whatever. That's going to be my plan. Yeah. But uh, it didn't quite work out that way. Yeah. I was say, how's that plan work out? Yeah, not very well. No. Yeah. So um, so what about you? How did you get to where you are with your business? Um, really, it was just by chance. Uh, I, I, I dropped out of school in 11th grade because I just... Was not digging school. I don't know why. I don't know what it was about it. I just I was not comfortable ever, and I wasn't interested in anything they were trying to teach me. And I don't know. Just my passions were in other places. I like watching movies and listening to music and just kind of creating stuff on my own, just in my own head, just creating just scenes and dialogues and you know. I don't know. So I just I just kind of gave most of my creative energy and my just kind of life to that kind of stuff, and just school kind of fell by the wayside. And then um, I was uh, helping a friend of mine on this uh, one video project he was doing, and he uh, started to teach me all the ropes of, you know, how to how to do video editing and stuff like that. And then I just kind of hopped on that and just kind of kept riding it. And it's kind of it's very much by chance that I got where I am right now. So I can't really tell anything specifically. I did. I just kept hitting it hard. Just kept going with it. Never gave up on it. So you uh, you do video work? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I remember when you first started out working with, um, I guess, Ed. Yeah, Ed Geller, yeah. Yeah, he was, uh, uh, you were kind of the, um, the guy that he would throw all the extra work at. Yeah, I, I was, I was pretty much the gopher. He would throw the grunt work at me. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, it's definitely a very good way to get into a business. Yeah, yeah, maybe just learn the basics of it down good. I mean, I just, I really had to just get the mundane stuff. I had to get down as best as I could, and then... I just uh, gave me a good base to kind of start building my, uh, I don't know, my craft off of, I guess. Now, you've done a little bit more work for other people than probably I have at this point. Um, not so much actually working specifically for someone, more kind of freelancing it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I've kind of been freelancing the last five years or so. And I don't know, I come across a lot of interesting clients and uh, that's that's one thing I like about my line of work is that like I get to work with just tons and tons of very different people almost every time, and um, I don't know. I just I I really enjoy that about it. Like sometimes it's it's just weird, mundane, boring stuff. Other times it's 
people trying to change the world with their videos, you know? So it's, it's a good mix of both. So um, how did you get into doing this versus working for somebody? Just working for somebody else never really occurred to me. Hmm. I don't know. I just, I, I, that thought would come in and would go out just as fast as it got into my head. Like, I, I didn't even give it any, any real thought. I just knew that that wasn't anything I was ever going to be interested in. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't know. You just try not to compromise what you really want to do, you know, and, and going working for someone else or, you know, working at Burger King or something just felt like compromise to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I figure it's kind of, if, if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail on my own terms. And if I'm going to succeed, I'm going to succeed on my own terms. There's a, um, there's a quote here. That, uh, that you said, actually, yeah. is uh, you'd be surprised how often reasoning stops people from doing what they do. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, like, if you're trying to, if, if, if you have an option to do something you really want to do, and you're coming up with all these different, different reasons and different things for why you shouldn't be doing it, nine times out of ten, you're not going to do it. It's just because you kept coming up with all these scenarios that might happen or might not work out if you do this thing. And then you never do it. So I figured just drop the reasoning and just do it. Yeah, people spend so much time in their heads, they, uh, they, they don't actually get out and do something. And that's kind of a requirement for building your own business. And as hard as it is, is you've got to put yourself out there. You've got to be able to say, okay, uh, I'm going to work on this aspect myself. I'm going to get this level of uh, response from people out there. I'm going to come up with some new ideas and put myself out there in ways that I haven't shown up before. So for people that really like being outgoing, it's definitely definitely something that you can do. Um, but I, I don't think that it's something that if you're if you're stuck inside yourself or or just like working for somebody else, you know, it's not necessarily something that you can't do. I mean, anybody can be self-employed. Anyone can go after something they really like. Yeah. And that's, I think, what's really amazing about, um, well, maybe just the United States. I'm not really sure. But I like to think just now, in general, is that you can you can put yourself out there and you can build something. And there's all kinds of resources for, for building that element and, and putting it out there and making it something that's that's going on that's um that's that's bigger than yourself and that's i mean that's part of the reason i wanted to do what i wanted to do it's because i want to build something that lasts yeah an element of myself that i've kind of helped to change the world in some way even if it's just really small or mundane you know it's like my mark for however long that lasts and uh and that's really interesting to me but i think i think anyone can do it i think that's really the point i mean when i started doing you know, artwork. When I was in school, people would say, wow, that's really good. How did you do that? And I'd say, well, you know, you just practice. Yeah. It's not just practice. It's it's practice and it's passion. Yeah, yeah you got to have a passion for it. Otherwise, I mean, it's just going to be another struggle. Right. Um, we're going to play a song really quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Help, I need somebody. Not just anybody Help You know I need someone Help When I was young Was so much younger than today I never needed anybody's help in any way Now now these days are gone I'm not so self-assured Now I find a gentleman I'll open up the doors Help 
Help by the Beatles, which um, which we kind of picked that song because um, it's one of the lessons that both of us have kind of worked on is that in building our own businesses, um, one of the hardest things to do is ask for help, and uh, and it's something that I've been learning very recently is that you have to ask for help when you're doing something like building your own business or going after your passion. Sometimes I mean it it depends on what your passion is if it's like learning to fly, then um, I don't know that you necessarily need anyone's help besides actually... An instructor? Right, an instructor is good. Yeah. yeah. Somebody to teach you how to actually fly. So uh, so that's maybe more one of the more obvious ways that you could ask for help. But uh, yeah. in building a business, I mean, like recently I've been working on business plan and figuring out that there's all these different elements that I need to figure out. I can't do them all myself. There's people out there that can help. And... Uh, yeah, it's kind of a lesson that I've been learning recently. Yeah. Um, so I want to jump into the idea of uh, benefits of being self-employed versus benefits of asking for other for help from others. And um, and I thought that um, I guess we should probably start with with um, the benefits of being self-employed, since that's kind of what both of us are anyway. Yeah. What are the benefits to you? Well, um, schedule is definitely one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's not so much a benefit as a handicap at this point. Yeah. I definitely need to start getting on an actual schedule so that I can, you know, work with clients that are awake. Yeah. That's a tough thing, man. It's it's one of the, the troubles you run into working for yourself is that it's much harder to do something when no one's telling you to do it. You know, it, it, a lot of times it just helps just someone just point out your path and point out your direction and tell you just go do it and you go do it and you don't think about it. And, right. You know, it's, it's tough trying to kind of 
carve out your own path, I guess. Yeah, and there's definitely a difference. I mean, um, one of the biggest differences between being self-employed and working for others, like for me, I recently started doing this radio show, which has been really fun, and it's been sort of a side project for myself in terms of this is my business, this is what I'm passionate about, but now this is my hobby, and it's also something that I'm passionate about. And I think that's something that um, people that work for others uh, usually have some sort of hobby or some sort of passion of their own that... that, that uh, you know, keeps them going through the week or keeps them, you know, it's like, okay, I just got to get through the next eight hours of working and then I can go home and do this awesome thing that I'm going to do. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's really important no matter what you do is to have some sort of passion. Uh, one of the benefits of working for others, I think, is that you can make that passion something that isn't also a responsibility. Yeah. So that's one of the hardest things is that when your passion is something that you also have to make successful in order to survive there's all this added pressure to it and sometimes it's just not fun anymore yeah yeah and that's definitely something that happens like over time you keep working on it you're like all right i'm doing this awesome thing with my life but now i've got to pay these bills and i've got to make sure i've got all these clients coming in and i've got to you know do all this other stuff and it's no longer fun yeah so well it's it's just because it's always going to be your your version of your nine to five job it's just always going to replace your job because everyone needs a job to survive right so it's either go do a job already set up and someone's telling you what to do or go make up your own and try to make that successful right yeah i mean and it's it's always personal preference but um like for instance my uh, my brother works over at the co-op and sometimes Working for myself, I think, wow, you know, it'd be kind of interesting to be working with a whole bunch of other people that have all these other things that they're doing and, uh, and, and just be in that community. Like being at a job with everyone else, you got, you got the boss, you got all the people that you work with, you got all these other little things, but it becomes a community. It's almost like going to school. Yeah. I mean, when you're in school, it's usually like, wow, school sucks. Yeah. I don't want to be in school anymore. But then when you're out of school, it's like, wow, I miss all my friends, all yeah. the people I would talk to in between each of the classes. I had to go to and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, in retrospect, I wish I had done more in school than I did. In just terms of be, what? Just to be able to keep that connection with people. You uh, know? More, more social stuff, you're saying? Yeah, maybe being a little bit more social with people than, than what I actually was. Yeah. Because uh, I don't have that in my life anymore. I don't have that community. Yeah. For a lot of people, the job takes that community, that, the place of that. Well, that's that's the thing about being self-employed is that it is it is liberating, it's empowering, but it's also lonely. That's true. It's usually just you. That's very true. So you kind of lose that camaraderie around people that work around you because you don't have anyone working around you. Right. Um. Yeah, and and in addition to that, I kind of think it makes you uh, redefine your idea of what being successful actually is. Yeah. So you've got. Yeah. You've got, I mean, you've got monetary success and you've got kind of being successful in that you're working on something that you really like. Yeah. And there's definitely, there's definitely a line in between those two. And being self-employed, that line is a lot fuzzier, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I found, uh, and knowing the people that I know that work for themselves, they're, they're kind of success or what they think is successful to them usually leans towards more personal like more like about their life like they're a lot happier they have more freedom they have more people in their lives they're just doing more interesting stuff the how much money they're making usually isn't that important to them as long as they're making a living and getting by they just want to make sure that they're happy you know and whereas opposed like a nine to five 
months. And most people in nine to five jobs aren't that happy. So the thing they have to look for for success is how much money they're making off this job they're not liking. So they kind of tend to just kind of lean more towards the money end. That's true. Uh, well, it can be true. Yeah. I mean, I don't know so much. Uh, I've almost always worked for myself. No, I had a paper route. Oh, nice. Yeah, paper route. Oh, and I worked for a copy club. Nice. Sort of a nighttime job, and I spent most of the time just kind of looking at the internet and stuff. Yeah. And when I left, I shrunk wrap all their stuff, so it probably didn't go very well. <laughs> nice. But, um, yeah, I did have that job for about three months. Yeah, yeah, before I got into video stuff, I was I worked at this restaurant, and uh, they hired me to be a, a dishwasher. But I ended up being a dishwasher and a busboy and a waiter and a prepare cook <laughs> for, I'm pretty positive, less than minimum wage. Wow. But I was like... 15 so i couldn't legally get a job so he just kind of like <laughs> throw me money under the table it, it, it was it was a mom and pops restaurant type place and it was really cool people working there it's just it was like inching towards slave labor <laughs> that's interesting so how is that different from what you're doing now well i mean that right there made me really clear that i don't want to do anything close to that ever and um yeah i don't know it's it's it, if I'm successful now, it's how hard I'm working at it. Like, I only have myself to blame if it works and if it doesn't work. Right. And I don't know, I just, you have a lot more freedom and you get to make up what you're doing and what you're not doing. You get to choose what to do, what not to do. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's very liberating and it's very scary too. Yes, it can definitely be incredibly scary to be doing this stuff by yourself. And basically your success or failure, your food this week depends on you getting this new client. Yeah. It can definitely be scary. Yeah. Um, I usually, I, I've always felt really confident in myself being able to sell who I am and what I'm about. And just knowing that things are going to work out really helps. If you're going to stress about every little moment, then you're probably not going to be very good at being self-employed. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably one of the best personal things to happen to me in the past year or two is just, I learned how to stop worrying, mm-hmm. stop stressing. It, the, like the problems were still there, but the less I stressed about it, the easier they worked themselves out without me really having to do anything. Yeah. They just kind of started floating away, and I started realizing that most of the problems that I had weren't actually problems. They were just me overthinking everything and worrying about everything. Mm-hmm. And, and mostly I was worrying about what could be happening instead of what was actually happening. And so I would find myself being stressed out about stuff that wasn't even going on right now. Right. It's just something that could be going on. Right, yeah. So, so learning to step away from that was, was a really freeing experience for me. It's usually just ourselves that kind of get in the way of us being successful at whatever we're doing. Yeah. And um, there's a um, there's a quote here by Paul McCartney. I used to think that anyone doing anything weird was weird. I suddenly realized that anyone doing anything weird wasn't weird at all. It was the people saying they were weird that were weird. <laughs> yeah. It's a great quote. Yeah. He's a smart dude. <laughs> so, um... Are you happy being self-employed? Um, I don't know if it's the fact that I'm self-employed. Like, I, I am I am very happy, honestly. But I don't know if it's the fact that I'm self-employed as opposed to just what I'm doing. Like, I'm, I'm working on very, very cool projects, very cool videos with very, very just inspiring people and companies trying to do something good for the world, trying to change the world in their own ways with their, their music or their art or the videos we're creating or just their messages they're trying to get across through video. It's, I think I, I get more joy out of just being a part of that as opposed to the fact that I'm working for myself. Right. Like, I kind of just don't even think about the fact that I'm working for myself. That doesn't even register anymore. It's just, it's, it's no longer an issue for me. Mm-hmm. 
It's probably taken a while to get to that point. It took uh, four years, five years to get to that point. Yes. I don't know. I've been working for myself for about seven years now, so. Yeah, I'm at about ten at this point. Yeah. But um, it's uh, it's a slow process, and it takes a lot of willpower, and it takes a lot of support. Yeah. Finding people, like-minded people, that can help you get out there is really helpful. And I think, in general, whether you're self-employed or working for somebody else, I think the most important thing is that you're doing what you want to do, that you're happy, yeah. that you're in a place that feels good to you. you yeah. Know? I mean, that if if you're working for somebody else but are afraid to start working for yourself because, you know, fear of success or fear of failure or... You know, any number of those fears, I would just say, just go for it. Because the most important part, um, I think, is, uh, well, actually, uh, you said this originally, is that when uh, when you die or when you're very close to death, when you look back on your life and, uh, and you know, take stock, was it as fulfilling as you wanted it to be? Was it... Uh, did you do what you wanted to do, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, well, basically, I just... Didn't want to be 90 years old and on my deathbed and say I spent most of my life doing stuff I didn't want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. I want to say that I lived my own life for me, not for a job or not for somebody else, but for me, you know? I think that's really important. Yeah. So I'm going to leave you guys with a quote, another quote. This is by Martin Luther King Jr. It says, Whatever your life's work is, do it well. If it falls your lot to be a street sweeper, sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures, like Shakespeare wrote poetry, like Beethoven composed music. So thank you, Jason. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. You're welcome.
And now it's time for a classic commercial break. This is the year of the lark. The lark is the car of the year. Look what's new for you from the lark. It's here, it's here, it's here, it's here. It's a new convertible. Seats five adults in style. It's so perky and perky. Runs on pennies per mile. The Lark by Studebaker. Yours in six stunning styles for 60, including the new convertible. And look what else is new for you. It's here, it's here, it's here, it's here. It's a new Lark wagon with four convenient doors. And it's style for fun and frolic, but it's built for chores. Look at the Lark yourself. Learn how it's been proven by 750 million miles of owner use. Visit your Studebaker dealer and see how nothing has been spared to build quality into the Lark. Discover why it's the value car of the year. The Lark is the car of the year. Southern Oregon Jobs with Justice proudly supports KSKQ LP 94.9 FM in Ashland, Oregon. Southern Oregon Jobs with Justice brings together labor unions, religious congregations, student groups, and community organizations to improve working people's standard of living, job security, and their right to organize. Visit their website at www.sojwj.org. KSKQ thanks Southern Oregon Jobs with Justice for supporting community radio. I also want to tell you guys about the um, first festival, the Cinco de Mayo, raising funds to expand the signal to the whole valley here at KSKQ 94.9 FM. And uh, if uh, if you get a chance, come check it out. It's um, 8 p.m. to looks like 2 a.m. And um, a donation of $20 would be nice. Saturday, May 1st, at the uh, Kids Unlimited 821 North Riverside Avenue in Medford. Children under 11 years and under get in free. You are listening to KSKQ.org, 94.9 FM. Greetings, Earthling. I am an extraterrestrial being from the planet I have been sent to Earth in the form of this answering machine to propagate with your species in order to spread my highly superior race throughout the universe. You may not realize it, but right now I am having sex with your ear, and I know you like it because you are smiling. You may leave a message at the tone, but then please call back because I am very, very horny. Thank you for calling Uncle Tom's Mortuary and Delicatessen. You stab them and we slap them. We have specials on Mondays and Thursdays. We're currently unable to come to the phone. Leave your name and address at the tone. We'll be by to pick up the corpse as soon as possible. You put that body back, Jeb. We ain't serving lunch till noon. End of messages. To disconnect, press goodbye. 
So today we're going to play a little bit more of The Shadow, the awesome old-time radio show serial from 1929. Um, and before we get into that, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about The, um, the Shadow. Interesting info from, uh, from when it first started out. Before his fame in the pulps and on the radio, The Shadow was actually created as a protector of Wall Street. He made his first appearance in the February 1929 issue of Fame and Fortune. The story was called The Shadow of Wall Street, and George C. Jenks was the author, though he wrote it under the, the house name of Frank S. Lawton. Compton Moore was the shadow's alter ego. Instead of thugs and crime lords, the bad guys were the unethical businessmen of Wall Street. The mocking laugh and the shadow's legendary stealth were first introduced in this story. So, uh... Cast your ears back now to a time when, when crime paid. Well, but sometimes it paid in bullets and broken bones. Where the only thing you had to give up for the bright glare of fame and fortune was your soul. And the only thing you had to fear were the long, dark shadows it cast all around you and the unimaginable horrors those shadows might hold for you. So this is The Laughing Corpse, the um, next episode of The Shadow. Adventures of the Shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcefully to old and young alike that crime does not pay. There is enough anthracite for all the lucky householders whose homes are heated with hard coal. These homes are enjoying healthful warmth in every room. Even though winter winds blow, there is no need to cut down heat or close off rooms and homes heated with dependable hard coal. Yes, sir. When you have a supply of hard coal in your basement, you are the boss of heating your house. You are absolutely independent of any outside service. Be glad you heat with anthracite, the home heating fuel that never fails. And remember, blue coal is the finest anthracite money can buy. character who aids the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. The shadow uses his hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so that they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the shadow belongs. Today's story, The Laughing Court. <laughs> Oh, 
when I see you come into the bar, I says to myself, there's a nice guy, I says. I'm a very keen judge of character. Yes, sir. So when you offer to buy me a drink, I accept. Uh, say, by the way, mister, you ain't told me your name. Uh, what kind of a place is this you took me to? Looks like a lab or something. You know what I enjoyed when we got into the taxi cab? Yeah, I sure enjoyed that. Driver, take us to 31 Blackwell Place. 31 Blackwell Place. <laughs> Gee, it's been a long time since I had a taxi ride. 31 Blackwell Place, just like that. Uh, sure, it was nice of you to bring me here. I've been sleeping in the park for, gosh. Say, uh, what did you mean when you said we was going to conduct a little experiment? What did you mean, huh? Why aren't you talking to me? You ain't sore, are you? Well, don't talk if you don't want to. I don't care. <laughs> what are you making in those test tubes? What kind of stuff are you making? Say, why are you looking at me like that? What have I done? Don't look at me like that. Hey, don't come any closer. I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of here. Makes me angrier. Shrevey. Yes, sir. Do you know where you're driving us to? Uh, let me see now. Uh, uh, what was the number of that place again, Miss Lane? What was it? 31 Brackville Place, Shrevey. Oh, yeah, yeah. 31 Brackville Place. Oh, I'm such a stupid. We've been there twice today, and all the time I keep forgetting the number. I gotta get a new memory system, I gotta get. What was the old memory system, Shrevey? Oh, the old one was easy. You see, like, take for instance. Uh, where, which way are you going, Shrevey? Oh. Excuse me. Uh, you take, for instance, the digits three and one, which is the place we're going to now. I hooked the three up with my kid, which is three years old, and the one I remember is by thinking how in one year he's going to be four. <laughs> Simple, ain't it? <laughs> Elementary. How could you possibly have forgotten the address for that system, Shrevey? You know how? I got myself all mixed up with my other kid, which is six. Oh, I'm such a stupid. <laughs> Shrevey, I feel just as stupid as you do. I still don't know where we're going, why we're going to this place at 11.30 at night. Well, if you wait till tomorrow, the apartment may be rest. Shrevey, now you've given it all away. Margot. Are you taking me apartment hunting at this hour? You know I hate that. Oh, but Lamont, don't you see? I wouldn't take it unless you thought it was all right. I know, but... You know how I value your opinion. Well, why didn't you tell me sooner? Well, I wanted to surprise you. Okay, I'm hooked. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing about, Shrevey? Well, I was just thinking, Mr. Cranston. I was thinking how dames could twist guys right around their little fingers. They could twist them. Uh, that'll be about all from you, Shrevey. Don't talk so much. Yes, sir. All right for you, Mr. Cranston. You're pretty jumpy tonight, Lamont. What's the matter? Oh, nothing, Margot. I'm just bored, that's uh, all. I know. You haven't had any to keep you busy. No criminals tracked on. Shrevey, why'd you stop? Shrevey! 
tree, but why don't you answer? Mr. Cranston said I shouldn't talk, I shouldn't, so I ain't. <laughs> now, you say what you've done, Lamont, you've hurt Shrevey's feelings. Oh, I'm sorry, Shrevey, I'm in a bad humor tonight. Ah, no, you ain't, Mr. Cranston. Oh, yes, I am. Well, here we are, this is the building, 31 Brackwell Place. Yeah, yeah, it's 31 Brackwell Place, that's why I stopped, 31 Brackwell Place. Uh, wait for you, Shrevey. Okay. Come on, up this line of steps, Lamont. All right. It certainly is a weird-looking place. Well, that's just because it's dark. Looks all right in the daylight. Yeah. Ring the superintendent's bell, will you, Lamar? Yes, ma'am. All right. Uh, Margot, uh, won't he be angry at our disturbing him at this hour? Oh, no. He told me I could come back tonight to look at his apartment. Oh. Well, what's so exceptional about this apartment, Margot? Oh, Lamont, it has these high, old-fashioned ceilings and the most glorious view of the river. Well, uh, well... What do you want? Oh, you remember me. I'm Margot Lane. I put a deposit down on one of the apartments here. So what? No, he won't be angry. Well, you said I could come back tonight to look at it. I said you could come back this evening. It's 11.30 now, young lady. You got me out of bed. Well, what did I tell you, Margot? Oh, please, Mr... Um... My name is Lascombe. Please, Mr. Lascombe. I, I know it's very inconsiderate to bother you at this hour, but couldn't we please see the apartment? the end of this hall. Um, aren't there any lights? The bulb just burned out this evening. Oh, I see. Here we are. Just a minute now till I find the light switch. Nice bright place. There. How do you like it, Lamont? Like it? I think it looks terrible. Well, of course, the place needs redecorating. Yes, and badly. Well, look at the holes in the wall. What caused that? Well, the previous tenant was Dr. Destrup. He's a chemist. He used this apartment as a kind of a laboratory. The holes are from some of his apparatus. Oh, I see. Well, what do you think, Lamont? Well, if you want it quiet, you certainly got it here. Yes, and it's always like this. Always nice and quiet. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. Someone thinks something is funny, all right. Well, listen to him. That doesn't sound like... Come on, Marco. I'm going to see what this is all about. There, Lamont. Across that door sill. Dr. Lorenz. Here, give me a hand. My body's so tense. He had a convulsion or something. Let's turn him over. There we are. Oh, his face. His face, Lamont. Margo, get hold of yourself. Oh, but his face, Lamont, it's all twisted up as though we were laughing. Well, don't look at it, Margo. What are we going to do? There's nothing we can do now. This man is dead. What makes you think Dr. Lorenz was murdered, Cranston? I don't know, Commissioner Weston. Just a hunch. Well, there's not a mark of violence on the body. Well, if you'd heard that terrible laugh, Commissioner, you'd think something was wrong, too. Miss Lane, I'm sorry. I didn't hear the laugh. But even if I had, there's still not a bit of evidence here. Not a single clue to indicate murder. Well, Commissioner... All right, all right. Now, you, you, uh... Lascom is my name. Oh, uh, Lascom. Now, what do you know about this? I told you nothing. I was showing Mr. Cranston and Miss Lane that apartment when it happened. Uh, did the dead man, Dr. Lawrence, have any enemies, Lascom? No, not that I know of. Who was the man who occupied that apartment Miss Lane was thinking of renting? Dr. Destroff. But I told you that, Commissioner West. Ah, Destroff and Lawrence. Yeah. Now I remember those names. They're partners. They own a big 
chemical laboratory. Didn't you know that? You didn't ask me. I didn't ask you. Uh, why did Destroff move out of his apartment? He had a big argument with his partner, Dr. Lorenz, about two weeks ago, and he moved out the next day. Then he's the one who must have done it. Done what, Miss Lane? Murdered Dr. Lorenz. Miss Lane, as yet I'm not convinced that Lorenz has been murdered. In the second place, from what your cab driver, Shrevey, says, no one has come in or out of this house. Well, maybe he's still here, then. Miss Lane, my men have searched this house from top to bottom. Well, I still could... Cranston, please. I understand, Commissioner. Come on, Margo. You're going home. Commissioner. Oh, yes, Doc. What is it? How long ago was this man supposed to have died? We heard the laughing and the sound of a body falling about an hour ago. From my examination, you couldn't have... We'll play the thrilling conclusion to this episode next week. <laughs> According to my examination, four hours. almost at the end of our show, but uh, before we go, it is time for Spellspeak. Spellspeak. If you can keep up, you'll be able to decipher this very important message. Once you're done, be the first to email me this message at trevor at kskq.org, and you'll get a 10% savings on your first project with Lightworks Media. Lightworks provides conscious marketing, video, web, and print design services to businesses worldwide. Go to www.lightwerxmedia.com for more info. If you need to hear the message again, the show will be up in the archive section at kskq.org later tonight. Here we go. H-E-W-H-O-E-A-T-S-T-O-O-M-A-N-Y-P-R-U-N-E-S-S-I-T-S-O-N T-O-I-L-E-T-T-O-O-M-A-N-Y-M-O-O-N-S. After the closing, we'll be playing the uh, Under Pressure by The Used and My Chemical Romance. Coming up at 8 is Whistling in the Dark. If you have any feedback or suggestions or just want to say hi, send me a message at trevoratkskq.org or go to thealternativeradioshow.com to listen to some of our past skits and segments, archived shows, and a link to our Facebook page. You can listen to our show every Tuesday at 7 on kskq.org, 94.9 FM. So tune in next time when you'll hear special guest Keanu Reeves saying, Pop quiz. You're cast in a totally excellent movie that becomes a cult classic and is a bogus consequence can never escape that role for the rest of your career. What do you do? What do you do? Wow. And that's the last word. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. You 
been listening to The Alternative Show, which would not be possible without substantial donations from Anna Septic, created by Aaron Tires, with producer Terry Clock and studio engineers Ida Ho and Randy Peters. Special thanks to Howie Kisses, Ty Marks, and my good friend Richard Keyes. Patent lawyer Meg O'Tan, Mary Kay Cosmetics saleswoman Doris Close, and of course Al Gore for inventing the internet, without which this nearly live streaming broadcast would not be possible. All celebrity voices are impersonated unless stated otherwise during the show, which is broadcast live on location at Walt Disney's Tomorrowland theme park in Disneyland, France. Where la piscine dans les Disneyland Resort. C'est plus bon, magnifique. Featuring the host with the most, Trevor S. Thomas, and yours truly, Alan Ray. You're listening to KSKQ 94.9 FM, Ashland Radio, a product of the Multicultural Association of Oregon. Thank you, and good night.